penises. We are now officially recording Banana Kingdom episode. I always, I always get this wrong. Four. Four now. Yeah. Four. Yes, and we're joined by Steve Dorian. I was waiting for you. Nice to, say, to meet you, Zoe. I was waiting for you to say your name, Steve. That was like yeah, the, that was your intro. Yeah. What the hell? I I think I warrant a separate intro. No. I think, do I not deserve? No. My own fanfare. No. Like with your yeah, own theme enough. music and. And we're gonna like yeah cut yeah, that yeah, in. yeah yeah but this is done like you you awesome. will have put in the theme music when you said my name no okay. we are so Shit. fucking lazy we're not yeah, gonna edit this no we're not gonna no we don't do any of that no but it's a nice idea but funny enough I was talking to a few of our fans and uh, I just did uh, what are those called quotations sure yeah. Yeah. Just to, to make it yeah air quotes air quotes um to highlight the sarcasm in my voice uh, a few people said that. Uh, they would like to hear some sort of intro to uh, each episode of Banana Kingdom, John. So uh, what do you think about that? Because personally, I could say, if you're listening and you're like, well, yeah, I would like to hear an intro. I'd say, why don't you go suck my dick? Fucking do any of No, shit. you know, I'd like to, I'd like to just, you know, but we, just, just in regards to the intro, I just want to say, fuck you! Yeah, yeah boy, shit. John, why, why, don't, why don't you just come up with one now on the spot? Um, like collaboratively, you demand okay. so much of us. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting a high production value. And look what you yeah. got. Yeah. This is Banana Kingdom, okay? Stephen okay. isn't even wearing pants right now. Fuck it, that's the way we roll. I got cargo shorts. Okay, it's kind of yeah. You look like every stereotypical American morning DJ. Oh shit! Wow, he's got he's got you there. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's right, right here in the heart. Yeah, I do look like that. I got a Hawaiian shirt. I got my cargo shorts. That sh- that should be your intro. You should introduce it like, Welcome to Steve King in the Banana Kingdom. And like whistles and shit going yeah. off in the distance. Okay. There, no. There's your intro. You my intro is, that clip. is, Hello, welcome to Banana Kingdom episode four. I'm Stephen King. Go fuck yourself, boy. Yeah, you fucking listen to this shit. I like, uh, yeah, no, I, I personally like Kings better. Uh, Steve, uh, one of the main, actually, just to avoid confusion from now on, was the two of you have the same name, so I'm just going to refer to my co host as King and you as Steve. Because so, I am King. Yes. So, I'm no. willing to accept that. No, Steve, <laughs> just to, like, we, like, just here, we, we, to be honest, we never really like to have um, a script planned every each episode, just like them have a kind of free flow, but I guess, sort of, uh, if anything I'd love to have as an outline for this episode, it would definitely be looking at animation, you know, like, myself and Stephen are, myself and King are huge fans of animation, and you yourself are an animator, you have your own YouTube channel. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't actually know that much about animation. Wow, wow, holy shit, Steve. <laughs> you <laughs> no, do, yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel, Lemony Fresh on YouTube, and if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, where I'm a lot more active, yeah. it's just Lemony Fresh Twit. You, I will give you this, and I'm not just saying this because you're a guest on our show and i got to big you up. Your or your fr- friend or anything. No, that doesn't matter, no. Well, what I was going to say was uh, your tweets on the Twitter are pretty fucking funny. All right, I'll That's give you that. That's where a lot of my tweets usually are. Yeah? On the Twitter. On the Twitter machine. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're pretty funny, so I'll give you that. Uh, Steve, just say, uh, here's a good question I want to start off by asking you, right? Has animation ever been this good or this bad? Seriously, I mean, just like when you look at just over overall content that's being produced at the moment, you're like... Are you talking about like films, oh, TV shows? Oh, no, just all around, right? Just all around. Because like, if you look at, for example, you have Rick and Morty right now, which in my opinion is one of the best animated series I've ever seen. At the same time, you have like Family Guy, American Dad, which has just completely fallen off the cliff, is just so unfunny, so painful now to watch. Yeah. It's completely out of touch, it seems, with the sort of... Uh, it, it's fan base that, that got it so large... 
you know, the Simpsons has been so bad now for easily 20 years, nearly now 15 years, sorry. So, like, his animation, like, even though it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of on both extremes, I find you have some really, really high quality, great animation, especially on YouTube as well as, you know, some independent, like, I watch, uh, I can't even his full name, it's Harry... Harry Partridge. Yes, Harry Partridge, absolutely fantastic content, he does, like, Space uh, Barbarians, and he's done just so many other, like, fire stuff in the past, like the Skyrim songs. So you see, like, all these fantastic independent animators doing some great content, some great shows, but at the same time, some bad shows. So, like, what's your take on the whole sort of overall animation scene at the moment? Well, yeah, it's really just like anything else on TV. With your examples of Simpsons and Family Guy compared to Rick and Morty, that's all down to the writing. Like, that could, they could be in live action and they'd still be of the same quality. But the the creators of both shows like are like they came up with the designs right and like the animation style. It's not, so like not not strictly just. I'm, yeah, so like, don't, I'm not yeah. saying that animation yeah, yeah. doesn't contribute. Okay, okay. To how successful or unsuccessful the show is, but the structure is clearly like the writing is. Yeah, the that's writing right. is uh, with as with anything else yeah. a very important factor. Okay, but. Uh, no, I think it's a magnificent time for anime. Like, if you look YouTube, lots of things growing on. Everything's a bit stagnated at the moment because YouTube's fucked up at the moment. In what regard, sorry? Uh, you cannot make money anymore unless you're putting out 12 video game Let's Plays a day. Really? You're not making money. Why is that? It's because uh, a few years back, the algorithm uh, in which YouTube pays changed. It was originally uh, they would give you. They went from few yeah, to minutes, yeah. They would give you uh, so many cents or percentage of a cent per view. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of people started scamming that by like uploading those whatchamacallums, React videos and videos with bo- boobs and the thumbnail and everything just to get people click in. Clickbait. And like once they once they got opened the, the video, they got the view and they Holy got the money. Fuck. So YouTube needed to change that. So they I, changed I, didn't, it. I never knew that. They changed it to watch time. Okay. So, so that it depends on how long the people watch it and how long they're engaged with your content, the more you get paid. Holy fuck. Yeah. So with this, let, let me ask you this then. So in terms of say, let's take for example, like, which I think is the best podcaster at the minute right now, Joe Rogan, okay? So each one of his episodes are like, what, like four hours long? And like, it gets, say, on average, it's about 200,000 views a, a show. And most of those people would probably watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing. So like, would he so get... So he gets like, the full amount he could have possibly gotten. Okay, okay. So that's my idea to think. And also like as well... Don't forget something like Adblocker, for example. Like many YouTubers, I watch, or I, I've seen comment on sort of Adblocker and how that has affected the revenue because as a result of that there, no ads played during any of their videos. Like I watch Joe Rogan and I've never seen a single ad because I use Adblocker. Yeah. So therefore, I'm like eliminating any revenue that could be sort of going towards those YouTubers. Yeah. Now, I, I don't get it wrong. I'm in the wrong there, but like I just found it so annoying, no, the constant yeah, advertisements yeah, to be getting online. Nah, Adblocker is like one of the greatest things ever invented. Oh, yeah. You have to admit, no? Like, holy shit. Like, I, I'm not going to comment. No, dude. Come no, I'm not, I'm not going to say you if I use honest. Adblocker or not, oh. but don't use Adblocker. 
So you're saying you do use it, but... No. I didn't say anything of the sort. That's true. Okay, right. Let me, let me just put that out there, okay? When I first started using ad blocker, it was fu- like it was fine for, say, websites. Like, Facebook was never too bad for ads and shit like that, okay? But let me give you an example. Let, let's say and a website that I would use a lot, but less lately, because I think they're just clickbait for fuck. Joe.ie, uh, okay? They were put up, say, sports stories, news stories, or whatever like that. But when you click onto it, I mean, it is so hard not to click an extra link, you know, the side pages, you know, for Heineken or whatever bullshit, you know what I mean? You can't even read the content without, you know, sliding through and clicking a fucking ad, you know, and it takes you to that separate page. That was just like AIDS, you know, it was just like, and then Adblocker came in and it's just fucking clean, perfect, you know, you have everything there. Do you know? Okay, fair enough. But I see where you're coming from. With the no, no, I definitely thing. get you. I and mean, I, like... I think the best use for it, and not to bring down the show in any way, but the best use for it definitely is for porn. Really? Because, like, yeah, if, you go right. on, if you go on porn sites, you'll always get an advert yeah. of some, like, old granny or something yeah. with her yep. tits out or, like, okay. just disgusting shit you don't want to see, and it kind of ruins your interaction. Yeah. No, you're completely right, and also just uh, nothing is off limits on this show. So, like, if you want to talk, we can talk about pornography as well. As well. But like, uh, what is everyone's favorite type of pornography? Oh, without a doubt, lesbian porn. Like, I mean, for most straight males, I think you'd get the same answer. Like, you know, my God, it, it has to be. I mean, surely, it ha- like, I'm, I don't want to watch a fucking guy with a big cock on screen, like, <laughs> make me feel ashamed and say, ah. Oh, what the fuck? No, uh, I, I can understand that, yeah. While you're, while you're watching porn and assumedly masturbating, are you just pumping away there, looking at the guy's cock and going, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, fuck it. I mean, when you're watching, like, when you're watching someone get fucked and all of a sudden this fucking ripped as fuck, clearly on probably steroids guy, yeah. pulls out, has a cock the size of a child's <laughs> arm. Right. Like, what the hell? It's just like the burger at McDonald's, you know, you're about to eat it, you know, and you see the, <laughs> you see the poster... <laughs> And you're like, what is the shit? That doesn't look like that. You know, you're looking at your cock. <laughs> That's not the cock I wanted That's in my mouth. No, no. Well, uh. See, that, that's the thing, Steve. Like, everything. Like, when you go to McDonald's, you're being lied to what you're getting. When you watch pornography, you're being lied to what you're yeah, getting. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. I'm mi- lying right now. It gives you such a mis- When you go to Lemony Fresh's YouTube page, you're being lied to. It's yeah, all not, there's nothing real on there. It's all this fabrication. Sorry to bring it back to porn, but oh, look, wait, I really want to make this public. Go, okay. go ahead. Do you know King's favorite type of porn? Big booty hoes. No. Close? No. Not <laughs> even close. Let me guess. Hang on a minute. You're, you're <laughs> talking <laughs> about one specific video, okay? No, I I know not, for a fact that you have seen more. That's no, I swear to God I haven't. Can I take another guess? No. Is it in, oh, yeah. Is, is it in nugget porn, no? What the no. fuck's that? It's when people with no limbs have sex. Oh, Jesus Someone Christ. records it. No. Well, uh, no. no. I, I found this when I was going through his hard drive one day, getting movies and shit off him. And I didn't search that extensively to find <laughs> any nugget porn. Extreme double So maybe, I don't know. I'll give you a clue. It involves machines. Robot sex. No. <laughs> Terminator sex. <laughs> Isn't that just robot sex? <laughs> Ultron sex. No, that's no. cyborg. Iron Man sex? No. <laughs> thinking wrong kind of machines. And by the way, before we reveal the mysterious video, this is not my favorite subsection of porn in general. Okay, this is one video that has a lot of sentimental nostalgia value. 
for me. <laughs> Who has nostalgic feelings for porn? We Everyone. Watch- no. When, when you hear the context of the story, then you will. You'll no, understand. No, like all the porn I've watched in my life, I've been like, dun dun. I'm done. I can't take the suspense anymore. Tell me. <laughs> What was it called? Air Erotica. Air Erotica. What the it's, fuck it's, is it's that? It's a film. It's a porn film that follows entirely the, on a plane, and it follows the cast and crew of. Uh, you got your pilot. <laughs> you got your air hostess. It has everything, John. Your characters uh, developed, yeah. Uh, yes, yes. You have the. Uh, you have the, uh, the the passengers on the flight, and you know they all get involved. You know, it was the first porn I ever saw, John. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? Well, so that's why. And I first saw... I can relate, yeah. yeah. Wow. See? See, I'm not fucking crazy. No, no you I'm, are fucking crazy. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. It was the first porno I saw, and then years later, when I'm like a professional porn watcher, I was like, Jesus, I wonder if I could ever find that, that, that first video I ever saw. And I found it, and now it's on my hard drive forever. What an inspiring story. Thank you. <laughs> it really, really is. I overcame some hardships in my life. You overcame that. a lot of things watching that video. <laughs> You know, where, you know, last week we had a guest on the show, Andrew Carr, and afterwards myself, Stephen and Andrew went back to Andrew's house and watched porn together <laughs> on the surround sound speaker system. <laughs> I'm going back to Stephen's tonight! Uh, you know, uh, Jesus. You know, uh, we, like, we... we we're, we're not... We're, I'm not that into porn, okay? We were that, was, the, that was Andrew's fault. For, yeah, for, for, we were for. guessing the character... No, we weren't, it wasn't like we were wanking with each other or masturbating with each other. It was just we were guessing the character structure and the relationships <laughs> between the people in this orgy. Oh, you were deconstructing the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Ah. Uh, yeah, I can, I can respect that. We're film critics. Yeah, you're damn fucking yeah. right we are. <laughs> no, Steve, man, uh, by, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's get away from porn for a minute. Just for now, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <laughs> not what I want to hear at any point. We can always come back to it later, mm. of course. But, uh, Steve, like, what's your favorite animation show right now? What's your or, or animation film? Or what? I know. Oh, do, I don't think even I know. What is it? TV show, Rick and Morty. It has to be. Rick and Morty coming back is very exciting. Yeah. Um, right now, or maybe um, what's the one that it's linked to? Like Rick and Morty, the, the Gravity co- Falls. Yeah. Gravity Falls has been over for a couple of years. Is but that is legitimately one of the best shows ever made. Really, live action or cartoon? Holy, it was fuck. so good. What is Gravity Falls? It was. It's this Disney show about these two kids who move uh, with in with their uncle in Oregon, like in the forest and shit, and he right. runs like a mystery tour gift shop scam kind of place but like all around them all these weird and supernatural shit happens right and like there's an overarching mystery to the series that was why you had to have watched it while it was coming out week that you're about week. to spoil right here for us yes well no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deprive the loyal banana <laughs> kingdom listeners but no i had this brilliant overarching story that only if you watched it week by week could you fully appreciate. And then you'd go online and you'd like theorize with other people. And it was like, it was just such a great experience. The creators and were friends with the creators of Rick and Morty, right? Yeah, Justin Roiland is good friends. Because there's a Easter egg, right? Search. Have you seen that? Yeah. There's like been so many. Oh, now. really? Oh, okay. I thought there was like, just one. There was the one where. Through the portal in the first the, episode, right? Yeah, a cup and like a pen. pen. Yeah. yeah, they come out of the portal. And in the latest one, there's actually Morty versions of the two main characters, Mabel and Dipper. Holy fuck. Yeah. Cool. Just Morty or, I mean, Rick and Morty versions, but they look like... They look like okay, Morty, fuck. but one's a girl with long hair and like oh, one has okay. a hat. Oh, cool. Fuck. So good. Favorite animation series of all time? All time... Uh, 
it's a throw up between Gravity Falls and Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd oh. Parents was the shit. I remember that. Yeah, when I was a kid. Holy shit, that was on uh, Nickelodeon back in the day. Yeah. Did you ever watch the X Men animated series? No. Ah, so good. Yeah, or Spider or like any of the what, Marvel from program. which one were you talking about? The one from two thousand two. Actually, the two. Actually, nineteen ninety or two thousand and two. Evolution in two thousand and two. I'd have to. I didn't watch that much of Evolution. I don't remember much of it, so I have very to go good. 1990. It's very good. It's a great reimagining of the characters yeah. from the X Men. They kind of uh, they're trying to make the show appeal more to a young a young viewing audience. So what they did was they took a lot of these classic characters like Cyclops, Jean Grey, Kitty Pride. They put their age between I think it was 19 and 15. Put them yeah. in high school, made them more relatable. Kind of what they're doing with the characters now in the movies. Oh, pretty much, yeah. The only thing they didn't do was uh, characters like X Men, Charles Xavier, Storm. They were kept the same. Age. They were yeah, kept pretty much kept left untouched. Teachers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, no, it, 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 you know, to be honest, like it's not. It wasn't the first animation show of its time to try that. Like most, I probably the most famous example of this would be Batman Beyond. Yeah, that was uh, one. Would you would you say that above Batman the animated series? Batman Beyond. Yeah. Well. This is my personal opinion, right? And I'll just—I ah, okay, right. really, I really, I really I'll argue for this. But in my opinion, it's—I kind of always split the Batman animated series into three. So you have the original first two seasons, you have, you have the, the Red, new. the Red Sky yeah. seasons, yeah. and you have Batman Beyond. So they're all the same continuity, complete different styles, and complete different uh, yeah. ways Animations, to right, yeah, yeah, completely, completely. And, uh, and just in my personal opinion, I think Batman Beyond is a superior to Tree. Uh, and the reason I would ar- ar- argue this is for I think the style it sort of uh, it was that very great neo noir style yeah. very Blade Runner very Ghost in the Shellish mm. it, it appealed to me definitely more oh, I, definitely. I remember I mean as a kid looking watching the the original Batman animated series from the nineties it was like looking at it now it's fucking fantastic especially the story writing right it's mm. fucking great but the animation didn't really appeal to me as much as Batman Beyond oh, yeah. did. Like when, I, so when I saw that, I remember it just looked slick and fucking cool as shit. And it was a younger Batman, you know, so you could relate to him better. Right? What's his name? Uh, Terry McGinnis, Terry McGinnis, right? yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's where that, I would that, that, that's where that, uh, that's where that uh, the concept of that show came from. It was, uh, you know, the, do you know the head, the head producer of Batman the Animated Series? I've been trying to think of the name. Yeah, it's... Paul uh, Dini was the head writer. That's right. It was, well, Paul Dini was involved Tim in Him something. Well, Paul Dini was involved in this meeting. I, I watched it. It was sort of behind the scenes of it. But essentially, it was Warner Brothers ex- executive that brought him into the office, said, look, we really like the show, but can you make this appeal to a young audience? Like, mm. what can we do? And then an executive said, what about teenage Batman? So all the writing staff, producers left the meeting just furious. They thought, like, this is going to ruin the show. It's going to kill it. So went home, came back overnight, and had started, like, kind of formulating ideas together and then came up with Batman Beyond, which was eventually grew on the, grew on them so much because uh, you can just see the heart and soul was put into, put into the project it's, it's just it's fantastic it's just it's one of, it's kind of one of the animated series of, my, of our of, especially I'm not what age are you now sorry Steve I'm 21 I so, think. Uh, especially for the three of us I think it's one of the animated I think it's one of the animated series of our generation you know something that was so prevalent in our childhood I think that and for me as well probably Dragon Ball C without doubt my oh, two animation my favorite animation shows of all time my, my favorite is uh, and uh, you guys might Mightn't agree with me here at South Park. I think... I, uh, I mean, that's just... That's w- just because you're, you're a kid who wanted to hear the word fuck. No, uh, yeah. No, everybody, I'm not saying <coughs> everybody loves South Park. Yeah. But it's because it was, a ba- it was the show you were not allowed to watch. Not because of the quality animation on it. No. I think, though, South Park is one of the most diverse shows ever. 
Okay, and hear me out here. You might just think, oh, well, all they say is like, fuck you and, and fart jokes or whatever. Just like and it's the, mainly the, just voiced like by two joke. people. Yeah, okay. Which is pretty great, you have to admit. No, yeah, no, how many, yeah. Uh, yeah. But ever since the first 10 seasons, roughly, were kind of, first, sorry, seven seasons were, were roughly the same, where in terms of, you know, Kenny died every episode and it was, you know, a lot of toilet humor and stuff like that. But then they started to adapt and change. And the season they're on now, was it 19 or 20? I mean, it's totally different to even 10 or season one in terms of, you know, they're doing the full seasons now. I mean, that was a huge the risk that they took. The Exactly, things, yeah. yeah. That a continue on, yeah, continuating story throughout a whole season. I mean, that was like, you have to admit, that was a pretty big risk in terms of like, I mean, their fans, like, were used to kind of the Simpsons narrative of, you know, something happens, resolution at the end, back to normal for yeah, next yeah. week. You know what I mean? Yeah. They totally change that. You know, you can respect that, though, in terms of, you know, they have such a big no, cult following. I, I, d- I definitely do, and I definitely feel that stories like that are better to watch, but that actually hurt them. That Really? Because South Park gets most of its view, gotten most of its viewership in the past from reruns on Comedy Central and everything, even in America and everything. So and now they have less of a hold up each episode. Yeah, because you need, you need the context yeah. of whatever episode yeah. to get this episode. It's kind of hurt them Fuck. quite a lot. And I think I read this season they're going back to oh, no. single. There might be one overarching for Cartman or someone, but I think it's going to be focused on single episode stories. I fucking loved it. And I loved how they, they, they I remember how they started it. They literally started it by uh, making a joke that... Uh, Randy would show up to one of the boys' birthday parties as dressed up as Lord, the the yeah. girl, the nineteen, the young singer. Oh, singing uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> right. That, that's how yeah. they started it. Like that was just a joke. And at the end of the episode, he's there at the birthday party and he's dressed as Lord and he's singing for the kids, and that's hilarious. Oh, that's a funny joke. And then the next week, I bet you they were, you know, the night before Trey, and, Trey and Matt. You know, that's how they make every episode. I say, I bet we just make. Randy Lord mm. and that was the story then I couldn't believe it I was like what the fuck so literally in the South Park universe Randy is the 20 year old Australian she's Australian right New Zealand New Ze- from New Zealand yep. singer and you know and that was just like what the fuck and that's how they started the continuating stories for, through each episode yeah no I haven't really seen to be honest like I'm, I'm a ma- I, I, I still, still would consider myself a massive South Park fan but I haven't really watched the uh, last few seasons to be honest i just mm-hmm. i haven't got the time to sit mm-hmm. down and truly enjoy them i have to bring something back up there to you we were talking when i when i brought up the two uh, animated series that would have been for me like the best of my generation i said batman beyond and dragon ball c you kind of s- yes I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk uh, dragon ball z right i was fucking stupid as a kid go on i'll, I'll just preface this with that and i hated anime I thought anime was cheap. I thought anime was just terrible. I liked Yu-Gi-Oh! and... Pokemon, probably. uh, No, I hated Pokemon. I liked Digimon enough. But, uh, no, I just hated it. And it's only in becoming older and actually learning things (laughs) that I've really come to appreciate anime, especially... Dragon Ball Z. Which is and just like, you, you probably agree with this, but Dragon Ball Z is the absolute pinnacle of Japanese anime. 
I wouldn't say that. Well, I'd say look at all the writers that Akira Kurosawa, the writer of Dragon Ball Z, inspired. You know, like it's. Like he, it's not Akira Kurosawa, it's uh, Akira Toriyama. Oh, f- fuck, I said the Metal Gear <laughs> Yeah, I'm Gear coming Solid. on your fucking podcast, yeah. I'm fucking schooling God you. damn it, the, all these fucking Asian names, they're all the same. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, some mild racism there. Mm. No, <laughs> no, sorry, I did say the Japanese, I did say the fucking Metal Gear created it. No, that's, that's Hideo. Yeah, that's Hideo Kojima. Oh, fuck these <laughs> names. God fucking! I know, I know more about the culture than you do. What happened to Steve and Adam and fuck? Uh, fuck it. Go <laughs> on, <laughs> finish your goddamn point. Uh, but um, no, it it is an amazing series and it is really well animated. But if, if you're looking for the pinnacle of let's let's forget Ghost in the Shell or anything like that, like a serialized anime. Berserk. No. You, Cowboy you're... Bebop. Oh, yes, yeah. of course, yeah. Without a doubt. That's, that's in the top 10, right? Nine VD is the best shows ever, pretty sure. It's up there, like. I don't know, I'm not a nerd pe- like you. I'm pe- uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the guy who knows every Japanese animator ever. Not everyone, just the one he gets wrong. Okay, fair enough. Who the fuck did I say? I said Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, Akira Kurosawa, is, I don't know what he did. Is he the guy behind Howl's Moving Castle? Yeah, and Spirited Way. Spirited Way. Yeah, yeah. It is, Is yeah. that Kurosawa? Go- Google it, John, you have we have Google here. How the fuck am I going to spell his name to Google him? <laughs> Look up Spirited Away or something. Anyway, what were you saying, Steve? I, I have no fucking idea. I'm not great at podcasting. I keep moving away from the mic, which I should probably stop doing. I fucking forget what you were saying. It's certainly important. Was it about Dragon Ball You're Z? You're talking about Cowboy Bebop. Oh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, Cowboy Bebop, yeah. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is something I still haven't gotten the way through because I feel... Cowboy Bebop is a chocolate ghetto cake. You really you gotta save it. You have to savor it, and it's you gotta take good. your time. It's so good. I would, I would, uh, I have a counter argument for that. If it was as good as you say you are, you would just shove it in your fucking face like I would. No, because I watched the one episode over and over and over again. It's that good. Jesus Christ. Well, I feel uh, really fucking embarrassed now. Akira Kurosawa is the fucking Japanese filmmaker, you know, the director of... Oh, yeah. The director of Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, and Akira. He's also also probably one of the best editors of all time. We actually studied him here in college for a bit. Yeah, weird fuck. We are doing Yojimbo this year. What? We are doing Yojimbo this year. What's that? Because you're in college. It's one of Akira Kurosawa's films. So if there's any nerd listening and John, he just listened to us you know, discuss about who this guy is for the past five minutes, and he knows he's really fucking angry. Yeah, at me especially right now. how I discussed him in such a racially insensitive, insensitive way. You know, yeah. I said, I, "What was I said? All sound the fucking same their names, S- something like that." Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, you were like, "Whatever happened to fucking John and Steve?" And yeah, Dave. Simple, simple fucking names. God damn it, bring those back. Well, I'm pretty sure they had the names before us. Yeah, like we had name, we had Nordic names like Kunk and dog and shit like plus, that plus akira could be like the japanese john you don't know that's right? shit you're right yeah you're it's right there double-sided uh were you about to say double-sided sword because you're talking about asian people yeah <laughs> well he put seven samurais in my head yeah mm. out of a film we actually uh, we actually had to watch it like just uh, here in college where we study film for those listening we've uh, we, ha- we had to watch all of most of his films last year they're pretty fucking great like your Jimbo's very very good they're Seven Samurai's very very good they're pretty fucking crazy yeah they really are they're just in such an excellent uh, product of their time you know because that would have been 
especially back in Japanese cinema, they would have been you know really big epics of their time. That would have been sort of what Western cinema had going on with the cowboy uh, genre of film, sort of sort of films about sort of like uh, ronins and samurais really dominated the Japanese film market at the time. So obviously a big inspiration to uh, Quentin Tarantino. I would have done. Kill Bill. Did you like that film? Um, I like the first Kill one. Bill is the only Quentin Tarantino film I'm not fond of really i felt it was too much it's crazy isn't it yeah it's fu- that's where i came into my head when we were talking about it i was like oh that movie was crazy when i think of crazy fucking gore yeah. like that was really over the top isn't it but fucking hell like i mean you have to hand it like i mean keeping the narrative interesting for whatever what two hours long kill bill is where like all you see is slash, slash, slash. She's just killing for fucking, for days, you know? You gotta, it's good choreograph. Or choreography, oh, it's a, it's you know? a beautiful I mean, film. Yeah. It's, the fight scenes are amazing. Why is it like the, the only one that you don't on. like? It just, it felt really on the nose. It felt like, it, the whole film to me felt like a wink to camera. Okay. Kind of like, mm, like I know did, I know a lot about like old Japanese films. Pulp Fiction, that could be real. Reservoir Dogs, that could be real. Django Unchained, Django Unchained, Unglorious Bastards, even the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Hitler could have burned in a theater. Who knows? That's possible. Who knows? But all the shit in Kill Bill, Kill Bill, no matter how yeah. amazing it is, yeah. it's just it was too much. I see. I see what you're saying. What's his other fucking film that's terrible? De- Death Race or something Death like proof, that. Death Proof. I think. Death Proof. You're right. Death oh. Proof. Holy shit. And Never it's, seen I'm it. pretty sure he doesn't even count that as a film that he's directed, right? Because the, for the promotion for The Hateful Eight, it was the eighth film from Quentin Tarantino. But he's there was actually yeah, the ninth. Maybe that was just marketing. <laughs> but but still, like you know, he's even like, oh, that wasn't great. Like yeah. that, you know what I mean? Just check that. Yeah, just checking it. What's your favorite Tarantino film? Oh, definitely Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's. Classic I feel like film. that's a bit of a you know because it's. The critically acclaimed one, Steve. I think you're, it's a bit of a no. It's because I've seen it and I've liked it. Okay, okay, fair enough. Don't you fucking come into my house, which is your radio station, and fucking judge my opinions. You're on the bandwagon. I don't. I don't walk into your house on Christmas morning and piss on your kids. That's what you're doing to me. I'm a bit of a hipster, and I'm gonna go for Django Unchained. I feel like it needs more love. No, I like Django Unchained. It's fucking great. Look, he's killing Leonardo DiCaprio. It's good though. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he should have fucking won the Oscar for that. Not fucking. Was he up for it? He was. No, no he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he should have. I'm just saying, he should have. <laughs> Ahead of Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz was fucking great. I uh, know. Christoph Waltz is amazing in anything. Have you seen fucking. Uh, oh, shit. The movie with Seth Rogen. The, uh, the fucking superhero film, The Green Hornet. <laughs> Have you seen him in that? Green Hornet was okay. Oh, man. Christoph Waltz was good in Green Hornet. Was he? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I like Green the- Hornet is something you'd put on when there's nothing else. Green Hornet is a good waste of time. I, could, about, actually, I could watch it. Are we on about the Japanese uh, series of Bruce Lee? No, the American series of Bruce Lee? No, no. we're on about the Seth Rogen comic book movie. The remake. I've never seen it, thank God. Was the original one? Yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah. Bruce Lee was... It was, it was no, it was a... It, it, it's adapted from a comic book, this one. No, oh, no, yeah, but yeah. the TV Bruce, series. Yeah, Bruce Lee was in the TV series, what? The Green oh. Hornet. Oh, The yeah, Green Hornet, years. the film, uh, what's his assistant's name? Do you remember now? 
Seth, Hor- uh, Seth Rogen has a, a sidekick and he's Asian and he's a mechanic. Yeah, what is, I have no well, that's who, idea. That's who Bruce Lee played in the TV show. Yeah, I would have assumed Bruce Lee played the Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, he did. He <laughs> just, just iron that out. But um, uh, what's your favorite bad movie? He played, he played Kato. Kato. That's a fucking hard Kato. question. And he also made a cameo appearance in Batman as Kato as well. Bruce Lee. In the yeah. Adam West series? Yeah. Oh my God. Holy fucking shit. So, oh, it only got one season. Okay, it ran for one year, 26 episodes. Oh, we got fucking play-by-play up here. I didn't even notice this. Steve, what's your favorite bad movie? Bad movie. What do you classify as bad? Bad. Sorry, like we have to just, just we have to kind of really split this question. So you, you can either have a movie that's so bad, it's fucking great. So, like, The Room would just be a prime example of this. Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Or a movie that's just fucking awful, and I would rather, like, piss in my fucking eyes Vanilla, than watch it. Vanilla Sky. Have you seen that? That's fucking terrible. No, and it's it not good. Oh, it's, um, what's his name? Tom fucking Cruz, and he's, it's in, like, a dream sequence. It's just awful. Sorry, Stephen, is this, your, is this just, just bad? Just, just bad, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, for me... Yeah. For I, me cu- I couldn't watch it again. Okay. For me, without a doubt, the worst film I've ever ever seen i always says to people the worst film i've ever fucking seen is the virginity hit did you ever see a virginity hit never even heard it's of it. everything that was wrong with that weird genre that kind of exploded in the late 2000s it's you know it's project like, x yes per, yeah it's just like that yeah so what we have like what the fuck I, I can't even name any of those fucking films they're just they're all god off of me project x what would you classify it as kind of a fake documentary home movie yeah movie. exactly and the whole film's about this fucking guy, he's never had sex, he's a virgin, right? And uh, him and his, fr- his friends document his journey to having sex with his girlfriend and everything that entails therefore after. And it's just, it's so, it's just clearly made by people who have no fucking, or so out of touch with young people today. It's so fucking bad. It's, it's just a worse so it is. It's just, uh, if you ever want a good, if you want to watch just a really shit fucking film, check it out. Like, unbelievably fucking bad actually unbelievably offensive as well I'm pretty sure uh, Andrew the guy we had on last week uh, he likes it I think he was he, he likes it a lot in that movie so it's a good thing he's not here yeah Steve um, I have one that from what I've seen the world hates but I, it's actually become one of my favourite films because it's so bad no it's so good but everyone else thinks it's bad go on okay. the 2005 remake of The Producers I don't know. I never, even, I never even heard of you know, the original. <laughs> you don't know the producers by Mel Brooks. No, no. You know about books though. Yes. Yeah. Well, the producers is a story of this Broadway producer uh, who meets this accountant, and the accountant informs him that he could make a whole shitload of money if he put on a show that he knew would fail, because then the IRS and all the taxmen and everything wouldn't be tracking down a show that failed. So it's them get, getting all the pieces together to put on this absolutely god awful show called Springtime for Hitler. Right. And it. What's again, what's what's so bad about it that it's great? Well, there was an original one in the nineteen. I want to say late fifties, early sixties. That was an absolute classic. It's one of the best for one of the best comedy films ever made particularly by bell Brooks. as this has anything sorry to interrupt does this have anything to do with that tv sitcom that they had where hitler was an american and he it was in no. the f- do you know no. what i'm talking about though? guess who's back 
yeah like, no, are you talking it was, about it, it got set like it had recorded 17 episodes but it never aired yeah they, what's that called it was the bbc one it was like oh, heil honey i'm home or something that's it that's yeah it. and it that's got one episode so no it has a, it has a few it has like no it got one episode aired, aired. okay right. it's not called, it, there's, there's something similar called guess who's back I pretty it's funny it's on if you ever go on netflix you'll always see it so it's, that's the one i was thinking of yeah yeah i only i seen a little uh, clip of that where they're driving hitler down the road or something and he's like listening to the music why like, class is this why is hitler such a great character to you know well, ha- have in one of these positions like I, I, is it because he's such a fucking he's such a monster yeah or? it definitely is like I mean, right. you're dealing with the most evil human being of all time well arguably the most evil, like definitely yeah the, i the, would the, argue that the well, powers that be, John, they're the real evil ones. Well, I'd say I'd say at least in the top most five evil evil people of all time, you have Hitler. Like yeah, he, he was fucking. I don't know. Yeah, he was evil, but he was more crazy. I think he was well, fucking yeah. nuts. No, he was he well, was just purebred evil. I mean, he, he, manipul- he manip- manipulated his, the entire population. Of he was a hundred percent evil from concentrate. Yeah, that's like, how evil he was. Damn you, Steve. But like, <laughs> yeah, he manipulated his entire population into thinking and sort of blaming all the wrongdoings and problems with their nation on one minority group off their country. Remind it, you of anyone? And as a result, uh, as a result, he killed six million of them uh, in horrible ways through concentration camps. He started. He was the main proponent for the reason for war, for the Second World War, which resulted in the deaths of seventy-four million people on this planet, which is absolutely insane. So, I, and I think I think that's why Hitler's so fascinating. Like, why? was like, you know, it's often one of those things, uh, it's a great quote about Hitler, it's always saying Hitler was so, so evil, but he absolutely loved animals. Uh, so you, you, there's so many, I mean, when you think, Weird. When you, I know, yeah, just there's so many different things you can break down, like what what led him to be so evil and what would like what's a, what would it be like being surrounded by someone like that there? So kind of putting him in these weird sort of comedic situations and TV series, it's just that, it's really interesting, it's really cool, it's really funny to kind of explore, you know, you, what happens if he was alive today in sort of a, a world that's so... Uh, you know, the way we communicate is so different and uh, the way we sort of uh, access information is so different. How would he survive? What's it, uh, what's it called in uh, Rick and Morty? Um, Abraham Linkler. Uh, oh, Linkler. Um, Abraham Linkler. Linkler, yeah. Or Linkler or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he's trying to create the most uh, nu- neutral person possible. Yeah, so oh, Abraham Lincoln and Hitler. And he's just a douche. Like, is it? <laughs> no, not that. How do you describe the character in it? Like, Rick says it best. It's just like... Um, He's just like the worst. It's not like he's a bad person or a good person. He's just like a yeah. drag to be around. Yeah. Is it? Like he's just weird. Yeah. Oh, what great idea! Fucking hell. No, bringing it back from it, there was a, a documentary I'm trying to find uh, about why Hitler was so funny, and it's going around a load of comedians and no asking way. why. And the Mel Brooks is in it. Holy fuck! Bringing back to that, but I don't know why. Why do you think Hitler is funny? Well, I, I guess it's just kind of um, it's a natural progression of how we sort of view uh, figures of evil. Like Hitler isn't the only one to subject uh, has been subjective to this. You, you, you look, you can look at any other dictator. In the Genghis sense. Khan, exactly. For one. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think I think it's way people people's way of sort of uh, not only sort of destroying the legacy of Hitler in a sense by just laughing at him instead of fearing him, and you know. Still fearing him yeah, long de- after his you death. You definitely can't be afraid when you're laughing. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I don't know. I, I think just people. I, I like. I think it goes back to the point we we're saying there. It's just so fascinating that you know. You just there's so many things you can explore. I mean, especially in regards to comedy, to just laugh at him. You know, in you a would sense. have to admit, like, I mean, yeah, he's evil, obviously, but he's interesting. I mean, he's an in, like yeah, as a character, like especially obviously in in there's so many movies 
about him, right? Oh, yeah. Jesus, and TV shows or whatever, like, you know, would always reference something, you know? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. He's so interesting. Yeah, well, what, what, like, why? Yeah, like, what made know? him so evil? Like, what were, what were the, the catalysts that sort of pushed him in this direction to his life? It was growing up, right, in Austria. That's right, yeah. And it was that his family were poor and didn't have much, and his neighbors were Jewish, right? And yeah, that's he why also, he, he grew also, up uh, spiting them, because they always had money and success right he also blamed the jews for the loss of the first world war he uh, the, it was a riot took place in 1917 in november in germany that he thought was organized by the jews and the result, result of this riot it had weakened germany from in which caused the nation to lose the first world war that he feels were winning he also was kind of jealous of the sort of success that uh, he felt the jewish population had within germany you know with hitler himself you know he was uh, like you said came from a low income background was a failed painter you know so you can just kind of he kind of all his, all the faults in his life he kind of projected upon the Jewish the Jewish population. There were a reason for it. Used them as a scapegoat, and then was also able to do the same in terms of rallying the nation together against them. Using them as a common scapegoat for all the nation's problems. You know, even when he even when his uh, government took over the nation, and uh, the inflation the country went up so so high, the debt increased. He still blamed these problems on uh, the Jewish population, the, the same population he sort of. Uh, outcasted from society you know so it's a yeah he's, he's just a, just a really like just a really fascinating character you know because like, like like we said the most evil person of all time and without doubt the most famous person of all time probably you could argue everyone him in the world knows him, him and that jesus is a, that is a good point yeah he's the most famous Who, person yeah of all time. who's up there as the most famous people of all time the most evil jesus no, but just as the most famous, who would be in the top ten list? Oh, but oh I, so real people, so not Jesus. Yeah, yes. so, someone who's real. Okay, uh, Einstein. Uh, yeah, Abraham yeah, Lincoln. Give you that. Abraham Lincoln. Well, hear me out here, right? So, just uh, Stephen was talking about the. It's called the hisocracy of Jesus, right? So scholars have often debated if Jesus is real, right? And you can. There's a lot of evidence for for and against his existence, right? But you'd be a complete idiot if you denounced the existence of Muhammad. Muhammad, without a doubt, there's so much evidence yeah. to prove his existence. So probably Muhammad, Hitler, definitely up there, are the two most famous people have actually ever existed. <laughs> you Hitler. don't want to put those two in a room. Oh no, fuck it, Muhammad was. What the, what the fuck would happen if he did? Dead. <laughs> Someone, someone's dying, yeah. <laughs> That's who, who would win in a fest fight between Muhammad and Muhammad? Hitler? Muhammad, he yeah, fucking killed. Him. Yeah, he fought in wars like Muhammad. He was like a, he was like a, he was yeah, a, he's a general. Yeah, right? he, yeah. was a, he was a, like he had a whole army at his disposal. He understood in combat. He fucking slaughtered Hitler. Yeah, he killed. Wow, that's a really, I'm really interesting thing we just brought up. Who'd win in a fist fight? Adolf Hitler or Muhammad, the Muslim the, prophet? Uh, the Muslim prophet. Muhammad, there you go. Hands confirmed. Down. Not just because Hitler, you know, was evil. You know, we're not just we're generally yeah, we're like, taking that. We're not picking sides. No, we're taking <laughs> the Muslim versus Nazi. We're taking. Yeah, we're we're not tonight on we're death totally, battle. We're totally, you know, objective there. Two we're men. Just, we're just two different time eras. Uh, yeah. Hitler, Muhammad, one world. They're title. leaving their ideologies at the door. <laughs> one weapon can be used each. Muhammad <laughs> chooses his poop. <laughs> Hitler chooses a gun. A wrench. A gun. <laughs> this Friday night on... Death Battle. Death Battle. No, no, I'm ripping off that battle from Screw Attack. Yeah, no, I love them. We have to call it a ultimate dictatorship fight. No, I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, top 10 most famous, though. So Hitler and Mohammed definitely up there on that list. Abraham Lincoln and Einstein yeah. I'm willing to put in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we four. Elvis... Elvis was pretty famous. Elvis and the Beatles. We'll, we'll count the Beatles as one, you know. I think 
I don't. Yeah. I absolutely love the Beatles, the but I think Elvis was time. more famous. But the Beatles sold more than Elvis. Yeah. So no, you can't. You can't deny that. No, the no, Beatles were bigger, man. If they were, if they were all both alive today, Elvis would have more Twitter followers than the Beatles. Nah, man, you're full of it. You're just, you know. No, really. I, I think you would. No. No. If you had Twitter in the fifties, no, definitely. No, that fat fuck man. You know, he, Elvis was. Uh, ah, that was that's Elvis, not being fair. Elvis only was, was a fat fuck in his later age. We're ever, all fat fucks when we get old. Did you ever see the story when he met fucking Richard Nixon? There's actually a film. Ah, oh, that film's so good. I know that's that's true, man. Elvis wanted, yeah, to, be, wanted to be an undercover CIA operative. It's like no one could recognize him. Are you serious? Yeah, he was fucking crazy. Imagine that's like, great. Imagine like Elvis infiltrating the fucking communist party. It's like there's. Clearly, fucking Elvis is in this room. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, any of you guys see any Soviets around here? Oh, madness, madness, man. Yeah, that's what happens when you're too famous and too much money and too much pussy. You just, you just, you just brain rots away, man. You, you know, just lose it. Just, I, I know. I think I'd sacrifice it all for money and pussy. Nah. Wouldn't you? Oh wait, what? Would yeah. I sacrifice? Would everything? you? Would you go crazy if you had everything Elvis? Oh fuck had? yes! Yeah. What a question. Yeah, I wouldn't even have to hesitate. Yeah, you should cut off your finger for all those uh, accolades that we like. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Especially when you grow up like Elvis. Uh, I don't know much about his background, but I mean, surely you know he wouldn't. Growing up, he would never be able to get anything he wanted at any moment, right? But then suddenly, a few years pass, and he has. All the money in the world, all the fame. So anything he could possibly want is accessible within a day, right? If he wanted something within a day, he could probably have it. So that would that would fuck me up. Yeah, I, I would just I would go crazy. Right. We get we so we uh, we set up the simulation. We have Elvis fighting Hitler. Who wins? No, oh, are we are we doing a bracket now? Are no, we, like, moving it. up. No, fuck are we it. I'm, end? I'm, I'm, I'm increasing the stipulation. It's a triple trap match. Elvis versus oh. Hitler. Who wins? Um, What's the weapons? One weapon each. No guns. Elvis have his guitar. Yes. I I give it to Elvis. I think he'd crack Hitler on the head with his guitar, and then the strings would come loose, and he'd have the strings. And who else is in there? Muhammad. Yes. I think he could choke out Muhammad with this. I I don't string. I don't think you're counting in the power of Allah. I, I, I Muhammad has the power of Allah behind him. Yeah, but uh, like you know, Muhammad is real. Allah is just fucking bullshit. Let's let's get real here, man. Uh, I'm not going to say anything because... You don't want to be li- struck I li- down. I like living. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think... I think Muhammad could put up a good fight with Elvis. Right. I probably agree. I think, I, think I think Elvis is like a fucking shit heel if he's bringing his guitar in and smacking people over the head with that. That's like the honky-tonk man from wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, with an... Do you oh. think Elvis was inspired by the Honky Tonk Man? No, the Honky Tonk Man was inspired <laughs> by Elvis. <laughs> it makes so much sense. I know it does. Can it's Elvis take in his prescription pills as a weapon? No, oh, it's, it's a, no. Guitar. But why, in, what would that do? It's not like a video game where you pick up pills and get back health. That's no, not no. how medicine works. No, he could throw a pill into like Hitler's mouth and he'd swallow it and then he'd be fucked up. Easy win. What pills are these? There's prescription pills that or, kill them on the toilet. Or Elvis. Yeah, died. they weren't. If you gave Hitler one of them, he wouldn't die. It's because he overdosed. But he had a high tolerance for them. Hitler wouldn't. Hitler's, <laughs> Hitler's a clean, it's, it's a clean still eater. Wouldn't have killed him. Yeah, well, like what uh, drug was it? Can you look that up for a second? Uh, it's probably, so, probably like I think it was sleeping pills. But just hear me yeah, out. Yeah, right? like what? one sleeping pill would not kill you, but, but he'd be drowsy. But what happens? <laughs> but what happens if Elvis takes a lot of medication, becomes like uh, immune to pain, and starts yeah. kicking everyone's ass? 
Still the power of Allah. Is that your pitch to Fox now for who's going to take over for Wolverine? Hmm. You're just going to have Elvis doped up on sleeping pills that he can't feel anything going around punching Magneto. Who should be the new Wolverine? Ooh. Tom Hardy? Nah, I wouldn't like Tom Hardy as... I think who should be the new Wolverine? John Hamm, maybe. We should find someone short. Why? Because Common Wolverine Packard. is famously yeah. like five four. Foot two. Five really? foot two. Yeah, he's no, he's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like one of the shortest. Like that's why in lineups it's always funny because you'll have like Captain America, Thor, Wolverine. Really? Yeah. Like get this, up where like a lineup there. I thought I had somewhat of a good knowledge of comic books. No, nah, you don't know anything, Wolverine really. Wolverine is smaller than Black Widow. This is shocking. Where is he? He's right here. Second from the... Uh, third from bottom. Oh, he's not that small. Yeah. In no the, way. In the comics, he yeah. is. That's that, why... It, yeah, in the comics, he's, he's the same small. height as fucking Daredevil and Spider-Man. Yeah, no, in the comics, he's you always You can read, small. right? It says Mystique and Spider-Man are 5'10", Wolverine is 5'3". But what... Okay, well, in this picture, it's fucked. Well, the Black Widow is 5'7", and Wolverine is 5'3", so she's a good four inches taller than him. 5'3". This is according to HalloweenCostumes.com. This might not be canon Marvel <laughs> facts. <laughs> it looks... Yeah, okay. He's, yeah. He's very, uh, looks legit, very, even though for HalloweenCostumes.com. He's very hairy as well. No, it says Source Marvel. He is a hairy man. He's yeah. basically the Robin Williams of the Marvel Universe. That's fucking crazy. I can't believe this. Yeah. So, like... How is he such a badass? He's so because he's just small. like fucking vero- ferocious and shit. And he wears uh, he wears three hundred pounds in the comics. The adamantium weighs yeah. so much. Guys, my head is fucked right now. Seriously, <laughs> this has shattered my universe. Did you ever see, did you ever see the series uh, Drowning Logan? He, see, Wolverine can't uh, he can't swim. That's why in da- Days of Future Past, Magneto uh, put rebar into him, threw him into a fucking river. That's Couldn't a, do anything. Th- that's, a, that's a visual nod to a fatal attraction from 1990 when Magneto rips the adamantium out of his uh, scalp. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's the way that all the metal was all jagged around him. Yeah, it, it looked like the cover. Exactly, yeah. I'll show you, actually, I'll grab a comparison picture and we can look at it here. Yeah. Why, why is it so more interesting for superheroes to be flawed? Why is that so great? I think because I, you can connect to them, and it's okay, and it sets up better parameters. You know, this is why That's, this is why I've never liked Superman. He's too OP. He can fucking yeah. do anything. He fucking reverse time. He can fucking do whatever he wants. Mm. And when you make them, what is it though, Steve? Like, why when you make them that powerful? Is it just? I I think it's just on a basic human connection kind of thing. Really, it's but it's not even that the fact like, that that's like, what split Marvel apart from DC back in the day. Their what their heroes were flawed. Yeah, like base the Fantastic Four, the first big, big, big Stanley Marvel comic was the Fantastic was, Four. Well, yeah, I didn't know. But that. basically, Stan, I, I might maybe paraphrasing, but Stanley was told right, DC or Timely Comics as they were at the time or something. They have Justice League. Justice League is doing gangbusters. We need like a superhero team. So Stanley went away came up with Fantastic Four. And the only thing that, re- apart from power sets and the characters, really, the thing that separate, that defined the Fantastic Four from being a Justice League clone was they had problems. They were a family. Sue fought with Johnny. Johnny fought with Ben. Reed had relationship problems with Sue. Everybody didn't get along all the time. 
And then le- that leads on to Spider-Man. He's a teenager. He has money problems. He has girl problems. He has all that bullshit. Tony Stark, drinking problem. The Hulk, his whole life is a problem. Also, it's, it's just to expand upon that as well. There was a Stan Lee snuck um, the Spider-Man uh, into Amazing Fantasy thirty-nine by he snuck a pass. His editor, his editor it's was not very, true. Yes, yeah, editor was very against the notion. As editor said, superheroes don't have problems. It's escapism. Uh, no readers want. It's going to want to get into it. Stan Lee. Kind oh, of, I think I think I do remember yeah. this. And a large factor was. Stan wanted him to be a scrawny kid. Yeah, well, Stanley, Stanley, uh, he kind of, he kind of, wa- he kind of walks the line perfectly between realism and escapism. A big uh, factor, re- big reason why Spider-Man's costume uh, covers his entire his entire body. You can't see any of his skin is because Stanley wanted the reader to visualize himself mm. in his position. And uh, what's it called? Like, if you kind of just look at that initial run that Steve Dicko and Stanley did in the sixties, it has often been compared. That, that was such a dramatic change in comics, it's often been compared to like, the, the French new wave of cinema in a sense. Like, people always forget the sort of political messages that lied in those original Spider-Man, uh, uh, in that original Spider-Man run with Stan Lee and Steve Dicko. Like, a, a prime example of this is, is that, I think it was issue 24 or so, it was something like that there, this, Peter Parker, when he's in college, he has to stop a protest that's going on. The protest was uh, written to mirror the protests that were going on at the time with the hippie movement. And st- even though Peter Parker was a more liberal-minded character, he had to go against his own political views to stop this uh, protest from getting out of hand and side with the more conservative police. And he was kind of, he's kind of caught here in the middle, you know, he's kind of going against his own political ideologies. He's kind of explored so much themes like that as well, you know, sort of how, uh, like, for example, Flash Thompson, uh, his main bully, admires Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man's biggest fan, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, picks on Peter Parker and every single chance he gets. So he kind of like, he, just a, sort of like the dichotomy between uh, his life as Spider-Man, his yeah. life outside the costume, he mainly focused on Sort of the uh, the Peter Parker's uh, sort of story in the comics. He kind of he always said he tried to try to write like a sitcom as well. It's such a breakaway when yeah. you, especially when you compare it to like you know sort of Batman, Superman, especially their initial runs. You know, it's pure escapism in a sense. You know, and uh, also just final point as well. Like it's even escapism for Peter Parker. Like he calls himself Spider Man, not Spider Boy, despite the fact he's a teenager. Yeah, you know? it's great. No, it's um, so much to take away. Same with the X Men. You know, Stanley used that to sort of mirror the. Uh, oh yes, that, the, that was like the just black, a big message. Yeah, of the black, how blacks were treated in America at the time. You know, sort of how minorities were sort of uh, discriminated against for well, their appearance. And I, I think Stanley crafted it so well that use of writing. Yeah, even even though in may have been i'm not sure it may have been his intention to have them represent uh, the black minority in america it can really represent any minority oh exactly yeah like it's just a it's just a blank sheet yep to show what happens to the oppressed like the first series of x-men films the brian singer films they were he was thinking about gay people yep. when he was thinking about the oppressed yeah how they were like what exiled kind of thing and is mm. that okay yeah like no, socially outcast for being genetically different and not being able to control it if you understand yeah. okay it's pretty it's pretty powerful and like he used uh, professor x as a, an allegory for uh, martin luther king and he used magneto as an allegory for uh, martin Malcolm x, x yeah. yeah so like what sort, the fuck <laughs> yeah so like he was trying to he was trying to like show these contrasts both similar goals but bo- do you bo- think these like, superhero books are really cool uh, well like, yeah bo- you, but like that's the thing like i mean i mean there's so much social you know commentary commentary going on and it's masked with the the pretty colors and the you know cool action scenes you know you just don't you just sort of 
You don't think that most people would just whiz by it, no? Well, yeah, well, I uh, think a lot of most people, people do. I often do. Yeah, like even the X Men, the X Men, uh, not in the films, but in the comics, are notoriously colorful. Like their outfits really stand out. That was sort of a that's an, the reason for that being in the comics is you know Xavier wants them to stand out. He wants them to you know be proud of who they are. That's why you see like you know Jubilee, Wolverine, Rogue, the these, you know such a weird combination of colors like wolverine wears yellow and blue rogue wears green and brown you know it's it just happens to stand out it's kind of it's maybe more of a message not to hide in the shadows you know that really like same, same how the lgbt yeah. community uses the most colorful flag possible the rainbow colors under flag they stand out and you know to sh- not be not be it, sort of outcasted by society that's fucking crazy yeah it's you a think way to y- say you can't ignore us so we're, do you we're think here and we're vibrant do you think like so stanley do you think he even when he was make, coming up with these characters do you think he, you, you never thought that he was like, oh, he looks cool. Yeah, that, that color looks cool. No, oh, maybe it means this. The original team wore the same <laughs> or, colors. No, that's, some, that's something I want to bring up. Claremont Do you think, that. like when you were in English class or something, and you were reading whatever text you were doing, and they were explaining the super deep yeah. historical context or emotional context or why, why he chose to say this instead of this, when they're going through that stuff, do you ever just think, were they really thinking about that? Or the did time. they just write it whatever way it came to All mind? All the time. And do you ever yeah. think that people just interpreted it wrong? Yeah. And then maybe they just went with they it. They wanted oh. to find inner meaning to it. I, yeah. think that, I think that happens all the time. I'll, add you, I'll give you a personal example. So uh, you're, what you're discussing there is theory after the fact, as it's famously called. Ah. When, when someone uh, you know writes something and someone interprets it completely different than that person ever intended. So uh, just uh, just me, Parish, I read a script there recently uh, that's been made into a short film in college. It took uh, it, 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 it took it took from last semester to this semester to fully make it. Anyway, we were doing a test screening there, there with a lecture, and she interpreted it as a, a question of the character's masculinity and how it's explored. And she was really into that. She like thought that was fantastic, and she was like uh, praising us for it. I had never read it with that in mind. I that that never entered my fucking head. What that, did you write it as? As a commentary on the monotony of life and sort of how routine can destroy the mind. And uh, what's it called? Like it's amazing because like even though she was saying that, she, she, she went a massive rant about how this is great, how this is a fantastic commentary on it. And I just rolled with the punches. Yeah, you know exactly. Mm. That's it's, exactly what I said. I mean, and, I mean, I'm a genius, and it takes a genius to recognize someone else's work. Exactly. <laughs> so, so to go back to your point, when you're, re- when you're reading one of those, you know, fantastic piece of uh, literature from the past, you know, did it were thinking this at the time? Probably, like it's, you can argue probably not. You know, like like Stan Lee think that sort of the X Men could be used as a sort of blank canvas to be to be a, re- a representation of different minority groups throughout the planet? Probably not, you know? He, mm. he just really was trying to do a, a commentary at, uh, on what was relevant to his time, which yeah. was the black, uh, black right movement uh, led by the likes of Martin Luther King and sort of kind of envisioned those into sort of superhero characters. That's crazy. Mm. But why did he make them white? <laughs> they're not all white no i mean uh, you said well the charles initial team are white yeah. yeah yeah they are and you said charles xavier well, one of them's blue you said yeah. you said charles xavier was a metaphor for martin luther king no yeah why yes. why didn't he make him black well that, <laughs> that, <laughs> you have to think of at the time a wooden cell black, yeah exactly black okay, characters okay. weren't as popular Fair it was the first black character wasn't storm oh the first no, black comic book character it was it was luke cage or falcon it's not Black Panther, no? I thought it was Black... I also was no, Black, Black Panther. Panther came way after Luke Cage, I think. Yeah, we're looking for the first Black Marvel superhero, yes? Yes, yeah, sorry. Because I know fuck all about DC. I'm like, I'd pick, I'd pick up a DC comic, but, like, I'm not really interested in that chronology. The first, um... 
black superhero I remember seeing was in the Justice League I was right. uh, series. I was, oh, fucking Green Lantern. Live or I was, I was oh, right. Green Lantern. Yeah. It was, mm. the black, it was the Black Panther. Oh, was it the Black Panther? In J- July 1966. Whoa. Oh. Look up when Luke Cage came out. So you were, you were wrong, Steve. Yeah. I'm not, I, what I'm a fucking loser. Does this mean I'm off the show now and You're, you bring on the next get contestant? Get the fuck out of here. Well, no. 1972, Luke look, Cage. Look at beer. that hot man, mate. Jesus. Oh. Have you guys watched the series? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, so good. I yeah, haven't seen good, it. Yeah. No. It's one of the best soundtracks in the TV series ever. It's, it's really oh. interestingly done because, don't get me wrong, Luke Cage's own struggles are one of the center points of the show, but the show mainly revolves around sort of uh, the presence of Luke Cage and how sort of this bulletproof Yeah, that was that was a very there. interesting aspect to take. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even brought up like what, how do the police deal with a black man that's bulletproof? Yeah. You know, so and like how, like and Jesus. yeah, like there's this character on it who she's a refers Trump. She wants to keep Harlem black. She wants uh, she. Oh, what's her name? Oh, uh, Cottonmouth sister. Yeah, I can't even. She, she didn't Madeline have or Margaret, Some, something or. like that. Yeah, but no, it's mainly about how do you say villains are affected by his presence. You know, Cottonmouth how it was pretty much had Harlem under control until Luke Cage stepped in. And kind of just really, he he uh, was absolutely fantastic in that uh, TV series. Cottonmouth, mm. not a big character in the comics at all. No, that's typ- that's typical of Marvel sort of taking these lesser known characters and really turning them to A plus players. Like I like we were talking about this last week, but like Iron Man was not a fucking A plus comic book no, player not until at all. the film. He, he yeah. was barely, he was just scraping a B. Yeah, like no. low C. Yeah, like I, I was saying to Steve, the most sold comic of all time is Jim Lee's X Men issue number one. It's still, there's twelve million copies sold this day, and like when you go back, fucking to, hell. Yeah, when you go, and the second most sold comic is also an X Men comic. It's actually the X Factor issue one. So when you go back to uh, like the nineties to the, uh, the mid two thousands, the X Men, Spider Man, and uh, the Incredible Hulk were Marvel's real flagship characters. Then mm. like it's it's kind of fascinating that how the the, the, the the, the film the, the film studio really took these B-list characters, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, so on, and just have really turned them into megastars, you know? So it's 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 pretty cool. And same with Luke Cage. Luke Cage was a fucking C-plus player for fucking years. This is a real lesser-known Luke Cage character. still really is a C-plus player. Oh, without a doubt, in yeah. Co- in comic book world. Like, in comic book world, yeah. Oh, universe, yeah. Doubt, I have a quick doubt. question, John, because you've, you've told me this before. How many, how many comic issues would I have to buy a week to fully Batman. follow Batman. Oh, this is great. Oh, so, yeah, how many oh, is done now? There's like I seven. I, no, I know. There's this. more. I, I, I went through this, right? Oh, so I went through this. So when the New 52 started with Batman, so when the New 52 started, just to give some backstory to this, it was essentially a relaunch of the DC continuity. Oh, no, I, 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 oh, no, I know. Just, yeah. just, just, just for people listening in case they're uh, lost. Uh, they, they should know as well. <laughs> so essentially DC did a big massive series called Flashpoint where after that they reset the continuity and really, really, re-released a lot of uh, new number one issues, right? So Superman had an issue one, so on, right? So Batman was just fucking insane. So you had the New 52 Batman issue one, which was written by Zack Snyder. He, this list of the series now, right? <laughs> Not Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. So you had Batman. Jesus th- Christ, if Zack Snyder wrote Never. the Batman comic. Never. Especially issue it'd one. Be fucking so, dead. Look at it. So you had, you had Batman, right? You had Batman the Dark Knight. You had uh, Detective Comics, which is also about Batman. That's where, where uh, DC stands for. Are you counting spinoffs in this? Oh, yes. No. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. So you had Batman slash Superman, which is on board yep. two. You had Batman and Robin. You had Batman Incorporated. You had a fucking a Justice League encounter and all the many issues of that, which Batman is a, one of the key fucking characters yeah. of Justice so League. So how many? There's like five Justice Leagues, right? Well, he was in Justice League Dark. Justice League Justice of America. League. He was in Justice League of America. Justice League and Justice League he of America. He helped two set series. up the, yeah, the Justice League of America. Yeah, they're two separate series. They don't forget yeah. Justice League and Justice League of America. The JLA and the JL. 
two different comic book series than New 52 do, right? Yeah, and, ba- and like I said, Batman is a very prolific character in that, right? So you have them. You have I said Batman and Robin. I'm, let me just get the whole fucking list. Shows up, up in Batgirl, shows up in Nightwing. Just for people at home, John Red just Robin. remembered all those offhand. I mean, why did they... Though I, I'm guessing the New 52 was launched as a, a marketing scheme, I guess. Because yeah, personally, if I wanted to start reading comics, like I think this is where you brought it up, John. Why they did this was like, if I wanted to, say, go back all the way for Batman's, you know, full story, I'd go back, what, like a thousand issues, right? Oh, It'd be madness. fucking crazy. Like, so that's madness. why that's mm. why they started it, right? So younger people today could could sort of yeah. start from the beginning, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's the exact same. You, we, we, Steve, were you a fan of the Ultimate Marvel series? I, w- I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, the Ultimate series is Marvel did this similar similarly in the early 2000s where they had the normal 616 universe it was referred to where that had continued on from the 40s that's the main continuity now 616 but then they also spun off and created the ultimate universe which is basically everything again but everyone's younger and everything's gritty and it was a fucking great series masterpiece i loved it Every Ultimate comic. Did you read? Uh, yeah, well, Ultimatum was kind of the switching. Point yeah, no. Let, let, me, let me just. Uh, I, I don't mean to be repeating what you're saying, but just to really expand upon that. So just to understand, like Spider Man was in issue six hundred at that time. So imagine they jumped so, the comic. Sorry, to interrupt. Basically, the idea, everything we've gotten in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been more inspired, aesthetically by and Marvel thematically, comics. than by the Ultimate comics. Sorry, than the normal comics. Like so when. Iron Man, Iron Man came out. Tony Stark in the six one six was basically the same. He's uh, he'd always been from the sixties. He was just your generic blank. I'm here to save the day, superhero. But the one in the Ultimate Universe was a fucking asshole. He was a fucking alcoholic prick. Like he is in the movies, right? Like yep. he is in the movies. Okay. And had a brain tumor as well. It was a difference. Uh, thought it was very unrealistic that he had a heart problem and was still able to survive. So they changed it to a brain tumor. Yeah. It was kind of ironic. The world's most smartest man's brain was uh, killing him. Uh, yeah. Also, just as well, just to go back, just to bring this point back full circle to what Stephen was saying about sort of too many Batman issues. One of the reasons Ultimate, the Ultimate series was launched was there's too many Spider-Man issues. There was Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man. Too many going on. So if you wanted to read on a weekly basis what Spider-Man was up to, you had to fucking buy all these comics. Plus the all the Avengers ones, right? And yes. Ferries, there's oh, yeah. tons yeah. of those. And he, appear, and he appeared in the X-Men for a bit. Like, Jesus. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, so what it did was just one fucking Spider-Man comic written by Brian Michael Bendis, who, without a doubt, one of the best comic book writers of all fucking time. Oh, definitely. definitely. Brian Bendis, J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah. And all the top, of them. Top fucking three, geniuses. Yeah, top three. But Bendis is definitely in of all time. Just, uh, yeah, who would be your top three? I, I'd say my top three... Chris Claremont, you have to fifteen year run at X Men. Yeah. Never been done. Never been done any other series. Never will be done again. Fifteen fucking years, and he established all the lore, backstories, and origins to all these characters. So Chris Claremont's probably the best comic book mm. writer of all time. I mean, he very rarely did a shit series. Like, I mean, we could say like the obvious ones that come to mind is like Frank Miller and Alan Moore, but two of them have done some real shit. Yeah. I mean, so real this, fucking so, shit. so who's the first name you said? Sorry, Chris Claremont. So he's like pretty consistent with his content. Like, very, very consistent. Yeah, Frank very. Miller's done some shit. Like, oh, yeah, my god. So, but he's done some fucking great stuff. Yeah, come on, like, yeah, Jesus. like The Dark Knight Returns and uh, Batman he, uh, Year One, The Killing Joke. Yeah, no, that was no, Alan Moore. Oh fuck. 
No, it's got, uh, and he did Daredevil. Uh, Frank Miller's run on Daredevil is what is what we know the character for. He yeah. Marvel going to cancel the series was going nowhere. Miller said they said, "Look, the series is going to cancel. You can do whatever you want." And Holy Miller fuck. Miller did Miller did a legendary run. Holy <laughs> fuck! That's what got him Batman. Can I admit something weird here? Right. I have uh, the original Ben Affleck Daredevil on DVD, and you love it. No, I've watched the special feature documentary about how they created Daredevil and Frank Miller's run on Daredevil and everything, more than I've watched the actual movie. No there was a really, really good DV- uh, documentary on that DVD. Yeah, and Stanley, the Stan- bonus features. Like. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but Stan Lee said he was afraid when he created the character because he wanted to create a character who didn't, could, couldn't do something that we couldn't do. He, could do. he couldn't do something that everyone else could do. It was a nice wee mm. chest on, uh, twist on the sort of uh, yeah. standard superhero. But he said he was terrified that disability organizations in America were going to write him, criticizing him, but actually rid him, thanking him for, you know, kind of a uh, really giving them a hero, right? Exactly, but, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, fair, fair, like, I mean, Daredevil, like, it's kind of cr- just go back, just to go even go back to a point we were saying earlier about sort of B plus players in the Marvel comics. Daredevil for years was an A plus character. I mean, he was a top selling, beloved comic book uh, character in Marvel, like, one of the top characters without a doubt. Like, I mean, so, like, such a gritty, cool, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a. Uh, was that's where they got the inspiration yeah. from the, the hand well i think that i think that i don't think it was inspiration i think it was more of a jab at marvel yeah. that the his origin story caused the origin story of the, the, oh, the, the uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles how so right in the first issue just want to get, get ready with your mind blown get it, see if you can get up the page right in the first issue of daredevil okay a, a young matt murdoch is running about. I don't know what's the oh. cause. Of it. Oh no, he was trying to save an old man. An old man was crossing the street, and a truck full of nuclear waste was barging towards him. No way. Okay. And so, Matt, little Matt Murdock jumps out and saves the man, but gets this chemical waste in his eyes. But it makes him go blind. That blind. Makes him go blind. But he gives him uh, extraordinary stamina and dexterity and all that Hearing. bullshit. Okay, that's Daredevil. The first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles involves four turtles in a sewer with a rat. Above them, an old man is crossing the road. Holy shit. A truck is barreling towards him. A young man jumps out and saves him. The truck overturns. Nuclear waste is spilling all over the place and that drips into the sewer. That's incredible. And that is how they were born. Yeah. Holy shit. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So they... Did they, they, they just like steal that whole thing? Their whole story? Well, it's. How do you know it's stealing? Did it say it was Matt Murdock no, that saved the man? No. But it is. <laughs> no, yeah, well. <laughs> that's up it's, for it's, debate. It's referencing. Okay. That's cool, though. I like yeah, that. No, that's very cool. That is cool. No, guys, I think we'll, we'll call it day on, the, mm. on this episode this, is, this has been a really good episode steve thanks very much for coming on seriously thanks I'll li- i will link your youtube and your twitter channel in the description below so please do i desperately desperately need it <laughs> so guys uh, thanks very much for joining us peace out fuck you <laughs>